Today we are hopping into part two of our conversation with John Van Dusen out of Anacortes, Washington about power pop all the way from the 60s up to the 90s, the aughts and today. If you enjoyed part one, I'd ask you to please share that with a handful of friends that you think might also enjoy it. We are a brand new show and word of mouth is the best means we have right now of spreading the word. And as we are still figuring things out, please don't hesitate to reach out via email, prettygoodvibrationspodcast at gmail.com, or leaving a rating and review of the show on your favorite podcast app. I really appreciate everybody's attention. Thanks for giving it a shot. The Posies, 1993. Here we are starting to get a different guitar approach that was hinted at by Teenage Fan Club, but this is like a straight-up rock distortion guitar, but with that 60s pop song structure, even a little bit of the kind of more psychedelic, more mid-career Beach Boys with the key changes and all that. Um, the Posies are a bit more adventurous, sort of chord structure-wise and melodically, than some of their counterparts. So here's my favorite track on Frosting on the Beater, Solar Sister. I call you Sister Carrie. Those meet like the minimum definition of jangly guitars, maybe any less jangly and they're not jangly anymore, but they still have a little jangle to them. Sure. It's really good. It's so good. It's so good. I love that um, Apple Music here is calling it grunge. That's pretty funny to me. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm already making jumps to other bands and I'm just going to keep my mouth shut because I know where we're headed. But man, I got to sing with John. He actually sang with me uh, at a Radiohead rock orchestra performance. Nice. And inside I was giddy. I'm going to jump forward. So one of my arguments here that I'm going to get to, this mm -hmm. is my hot take, is that not a surf is our current <laughs> flag bearer, our best and most consistent power pop group, like still playing today. Here is New Bird from 2016. This is 23 years after that Posey's record came out. Yeah. Like, was somebody like, get? let's get the Solar Sister guitar tone for this one. <laughs> yeah, probably, actually. Probably a huge uh, influence on them. They're probably friends. Yeah. I, I, I can get behind your hot take, I think. Great. And consistently, just really good song craft. Because totally. there are lots of bands that I think that can try to do this, but they're not writing the caliber of songs right. consistently. And that feels really important across the board. 94, one year after the Posies, Rick Ocasek raising yes. his, uh, his crafty little pop production head and uh, working with Weezer on their first record. Here's Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly. 
what do you hear there, John? Like in the context of what we've been talking about and the different bands we've heard and the, the, the sort of influences and sort of streams, what's coming together for you on Buddy Holly? Energy, hooks, crunchy guitars, obvious like Beatles and Beach Boys, Monkeys, like name all the British invasion bands. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is kind of its own thing, which is obviously why the Blue Album is so monumental. Right. I mean, of course, you've got the Cars kind of like synthesizers added in here and there. Cars-esque, I should say. Yeah. You couldn't call it grunge, even if Rivers thought they were a grunge band. And like, it's not punk. No. It was just so catchy, but also very loud. So that's why I throw it into the power pop world. I mean, yeah, the whole album, honestly, in my opinion. Yeah, and you know, this is the sound that they would basically come back to after he abandoned the more emotionally vulnerable approach that was partially realized on Blue Album and fully realized on Pinkerton. Yeah. And to just jump ahead a few years, in 2001, they go back with Rick yes. Ocasek and they do the Green Album. Uh, and now we are in full-on homage to those 60s pop groups territory with a track like Photograph. If you want it, you can have it. You gotta learn to reach out there and grab it Cause What I think Weezer felt okay doing was completely dropping the jangle. Yeah. Like in that Posies track, there is a distorted guitar and a more clean kind of chorusy, maybe even a 12-string kind of jangly guitar. And Weezer's like, well, we'll just mute that one and keep mm -hmm. the distorted one and actually beef that up a bit. And we're going to go with that. And I think that's mostly what Super Drag does. That's what some of these later bands, they take that approach. They don't they don't need the jangle anymore. They don't need the jangle anymore. And this, I think Weezer, kind of that like that bar chord mentality. I mean, I kind of want to go back, like even Cheap Tricks Surrender, that chorus, that's that's actually the the era of pop rock that I, I um, attach to Weezer a little bit more. Could we listen to Surrender, just the chorus? Simple bar chords. Yeah. If I if I had a, a better and bigger music brain, I'm sure there's some other um, bands we could grab. But like, yeah, yeah. It's funny though because Weezer, Weezer, somewhat of an anomaly because then Rivers plays these like. You know, I loved Van Halen and Kiss guitar solos. Right. <laughs> and and it's just... They've got their own mix going on that's very them, and especially those first couple records. Mm -hmm. No one's been able to do it. No one's even really come close to sounding like those records. There's So we can't really categorize them within this genre of power pop, but it's cool to see the stream flowing through them, as it were. For sure. So here's, this one's interesting, Foo Fighters. This is the first Foo Fighters record, 95. This is a year after Buddy Holly. Foo Fighters are in Seattle. The Posies are in Seattle. Some of these bands are kind of based in the Northwest. And, you know, of course, Dave Grohl would end up doing more straight ahead arena rock. I mean, just one of the great hard rock, rock bands. Yeah, hard rock. But he's, he's playing around with some stuff at the beginning. And there is some of that Posies-esque like weird chord changes, interesting melodic choices. He keeps that going in general. Like Grohl likes an unexpected chord. You know, he he likes that. That's kind of his way of staying unique and not just like a straight pop songwriter. But here's This Is A Call from 95 
Foo Fighters self-titled. Even the pa 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 doom pa pa doom pa. That's the doing that thing you do. The doom doom ka Yeah. Yes, also that's quite right. A few, even though he's like he's clearly using a rap pedal for that entire record, I think the color, color and the shape also has it. But there's plenty of jangly, clean guitars, and there's a there's a um a sweetness to it. Like he almost needed to detox after playing in Nirvana, where every, where there was just like a sinister but obviously brilliant thing going on. It's like he needed something slightly more sincere and a like, I, I don't have the words for it, but I, I, I love, I mean, the first two, even first three Foo Fighters records, um, well, I think you can classify them as hard rock. I think there's a ton of like uh, posies all over it. Um, yeah, I love it. Which is pretty I love cool. That. I, I'm assuming they played, they must have toured together, played shows together quite a bit. Um, Okay, now we're going to take a a little left turn here to Guided by Voices. Now, Guided by Voices, on my count here, has 47 albums. Yeah, yeah, they're the, maybe the most prolific, like, rock, indie rock, whatever you want to call them, bands of the last, like, 30 years. Yeah, and that's an under 30-year span, 47 albums. You know how, like, in rom-coms, there's always the character who expresses to the guy Oh man, only sex with one woman for the rest of your life, dude. <laughs> Becoming a true guided by voices fan is sort of like that. Like if you're really going to dig in, you're essentially saying no to every other romantic partner, every other band you might truly love. You can't be a a true Beach Boys fan and a guided by voices fan. Like you don't have the time. No one unless they're retired has the time to do it. So we're not going to we can't go through any sort of representative thing, but I got to play a couple guided by voices songs because a lot of their stuff is power pop. Definitely. Uh, yeah. They are definitely doing a lo-fi version a lot of the times, but not always. Yes. I I, I don't know a ton about guided by voices, but I, I want to say their big uh, aesthetic was like we get drunk in the basement and record on a four track. Now, I don't know for sure. But that's how it always sounds to me. Now, there are some records where you can tell they're in a, a proper studio and it sounds yeah. a little bit better. But yeah, I mean, you're about to I see what you're about to play. I mean, it's like the perfect example. Like the McCartney is strong. <laughs> the McCartney is strong with this one. This is Game of Pricks from 95's Alien Lanes. <laughs> That sounds like a Lennon McCartney song played through a boombox and then recorded onto tape. <laughs> yes, for sure. Uh, yeah, it doesn't sound incredible. Although, I mean, I would argue that's kind of what's amazing about it. Yeah, keep going. Let's. Here's the official Iron Man rally song from '96, the next year. <laughs> I think this, the the Guided by Voices song I added to my list was Cheyenne. Let's play that. Yeah, from Universal Truths and Cycles. Also, the first song, Wire Greyhounds, is actually one of my f- favorite Guided by Voices songs. But this song just has has something about it. Cheyenne, face the pride. 
Guided by voices, even if we knew you, we hardly knew you because there's too much to know. Yeah. It's just overwhelming. <laughs> anyway, that's Guided by Voices. Uh, one thing you might have noticed, very few women in power pop over the years. This is just undeniably true. It is very much a boys genre or subgenre. The primitives earlier with Crash are one exception. And here's the only other exception that really came up in my research. It's the Muffs. Kids in America, 1995. We were chatting about this earlier, John, and and you say they consider themselves more of a pop punk band, but they're you know they're fitting in this world close enough, and I, I've seen them ranked pretty highly on some of these sort of power pop playlists. So here's that track. I Have you heard Billy Joe Armstrong's cover of this song? Like a, his solo version or Green Day? It's like a solo thing he was doing. I don't know when and why. I hate it so much. Okay, I'm not going to play it then. <laughs> Here's what I heard in that Muff song. The verse sounded like Joan Jett and the Runaways to me. But then <laughs> the pre-chorus and the chorus each go up, like two key changes up. Very similar to Good Vibrations, actually. And then you get those woes in the chorus, and now we're yep. in a bit more. That's where it's leaning, not just punk, but kind of into that power pop territory. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I Have you heard the original Kids in America? I must like have. Like the original song? It's really interesting, actually, to um, trace it, because there's there's an energy to it, but there's a lack of fuzzy guitars, and it's... Um, Kim Wilde. Yep. Kim Wilde's Kids, Kids in America. Let's hear it. I'll find the chorus. Interesting. That's an interesting yeah. comparison. I think the muffs capture it better, actually. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But if you just tracked a fuzz guitar over even that song, it would sound pretty similar. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about super drag. Here's my other hot take is that so if not a surf is our current flag bearers, I want to say that John Davis of super drag, he is my favorite reinterpreter of power pop from that main 90s era so we yeah. heard sucked out earlier mm -hmm. let's listen to a couple others another super drag song and then a song from his uh, solo record from 2005 john davis self-titled so here's true believer this is my favorite super drag song 2001 in the valley of dying stars Why? ever since that Love it. I really love it. Man. I mean, I mean it's like can, a perfect pop rock song in my mind. I just it's super good. It. Can you humor me and play um 
Foo Fighters Learning to Fly. I'd love to play Foo Fighters Learning to Fly. It, what I can't even remember what, what year that came out, but it feels... It's on Nothing Left to Lose, which is... So that was 2001, the Super Drag record. Yeah, this is 99, 99. Foo Fighters. Yeah, I want to hear this. Jangly, clean guitars. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's definitely some lineage, I think. And, you know, John would have been aware of the Foo Fighters for sure. Absolutely. They, I mean, they probably played together as well. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. It feels like John Davis might have had a spiritual experience. I was just going to say this. So he converted to evangelical Protestant Christianity. Oh, really? Toward the end of Super Drag. And he was like, a lot of Super Drag songs are pretty straightforwardly atheistic. He's kind of struggling with and rejecting the idea of God. He has a conversion experience, and he then makes this record in 2005. I, I think he probably had like some bad advice given to him by whoever was working with him. Lyrically, it's a weird record. Sometimes it sounds like I literally thought it was being ironic the first time I heard it. I thought it was like an anti-Christian record by the guy from Super Drag. It was so straightforward. A track like Jesus Gonna Build Me a Home. I thought he was joking. And then I had friends in Nashville who knew him and they're like, no, no, he's, he's serious. Like he became a Christian and I love this record. I love it so much. John Davis, John Davis, 2005. It was a huge commercial disappointment. People did not get it. The super drag fans, as I understand it, rejected it for the Christian content. It's just like too overt in the lyrics. I mean, I think honestly, it's, it's not like he didn't figure out how to sort of thread that needle yet. And so some of the songs are very almost preachy lyrically. Sonically, it's incredible. And this song, Me and My Girl, does not suffer from any of that stuff. And this is him doing a little less rock and more of the old jangly thing that we've been talking about. So this is Me and My Girl. Something we can laugh about in the Love it. And we'll know each other. It's written here somewhere. A little hole in the ground. Couldn't hold what we found. We are no longer bound to the things of this world. I love it. So many little changes there. Yeah. Like in the chord progressions and the pre-chorus into the chorus and what I guess would be like a chorus two. Really like that. It's hard to describe when he's on his game. He's just, he's doing all kinds of stuff. I feel like I need to play a little something from his current band, Lees of Memory, who I think really have kind of come back to some of this, these power pop roots. People just don't know that he's still putting out incredible music. It's just kind of flying under the radar. But listen to this track, Crocodile Tears. This is from 2020.
Yeah, I like it. Definitely has like a posies thing to it. It's yeah, yeah, man, I like it a lot. That song's almost like a library of like pop rock tricks. <laughs> you know, it's funny. The other one reminded me of Big Star just a little bit. Yeah. And oh I, man, we skipped Big Star. I think because this uh, the freaking year of like the the re release. Yeah, exactly. I know they kind of screw it up. But like um, September Girls, of course. Like, but that. Um, Let's play that. So, Big Star. This is another one of the big '70s power pop bands. We skipped ahead. We skipped over them because of my lack of uh, organization. This is September Girls. It's really good. And you're right. Such a straight line between those songs. Also, um, Guided by Voices. Yeah. You hear that in there it, too. Yeah. It's crazy to me. You know, um, knowing that John Davis is still making music makes me want to find him and write with him. I'm going to find that guy. I'm oh, going to write dude. songs with him. You absolutely should. So let's talk about Not A Surf. They're, they have that song popular in like 96 or something <laughs> like that. And it's a one hit wonder. I don't really understand. I believe that what happened is they just kept writing and they kind of slipped under the radar. But then in 2003, they released release their album, Let Go. It's either on Sub Pop or Barsook, one of those Northwest labels. And it it explodes. And they sort of reemerge as an important voice in indie rock. And they have put out, in my opinion, consistently awesome records for 19 years now. Um, so this is from Let Go 2003, and we can hear the power pop all over it. This is Happy Kid. No matter who I hang out with, I can hear the clack clack of the chains that pull the cars up the roller coaster, mountain top so high. When it comes down, it shoots back up, straight back to the sky. What I hear there is actually less of those 60s bands and more the 90s return to it via Super Drag and Posies. Teenage Fan Club a little bit too. Teenage Fan Club. Exactly. Yeah. Let Go was released on Barsook, just so we have that for the record. Great. And there's an acoustic in there. Yeah. There's an acoustic guitar in there. There's dirty guitars, but you can tell he's playing the same thing on an acoustic and that that's just such a good um, sound. They've really kind of kept that up. Haven't they? Yeah, they have like, here's two years later, always love from the weight is a gift. They just keep putting out these great records. I think an important thing to point out here is that Walla produced The Weight is a Gift. We should probably listen to The Sound of Settling, which came out on Barsook's Transatlanticism, um, because I hear Walla all over that, uh, all over The Weight is a Gift. Yep. Chris Walla, guitarist of Death Cab for Cutie. Yep. And I also don't see um, Someone Still Loves You, Boris Yeltsin, on this list. And I have to say, we are doing 
that is it is criminal to leave them off the power pop list. What do you want to so. hear first? Um, let's listen to the sound of settling while it produced, and then let's go to um, let's listen to someone still loves you, Boris Yeltsin, because he also produced their third record, which has amazing power pop all over it. Cool. So. Here's Death Cab, two thousand and three, the sound of settling. My brain's get those ba-ba vocals that's really where it comes through the most right yeah i hear it i we so we toured with um your old band the lonely forest who we're gonna get to in a minute here yeah of course yeah the lonely forest toured with someone still loves you boris yeltsin on this tour you also were produced by chris walla we also were and and there are on uh, arrows the, the third lonely forest record there are a few good examples of power pop i think but um yeah this song specifically let it sway but also um glue girls from the record prior it's like one of some of my favorite examples of like modern power pop so hell yeah i don't know their music so i'm i'm excited here's sync slash let it sway from someone still loves you boris yeltsin 2010 produced by chris walla I got a couple little notes I want to get in here before we get to Lonely Forest uh, and have to wrap up in not too long. So Mm -hmm. there's a couple bands that like were in my scene, in Sherwood's scene, this sort of emo pop, you know, warp tour kind of thing where I was listening through and I was like, dude, I hear the power pop all over these tracks. And I wouldn't have necessarily called it that at the time. Here's Saves the Day, Driving in the Dark from their much maligned album In Reverie that's now kind of a cult classic. Um, where they dropped in popularity like a stone. Uh, But check out this chorus, dude. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah, dude. I like that. That's a great song. And then the other one is Motion City Soundtrack. And this record, this is their third <laughs> record, even if it kills me, co-produced alternatingly by Rick Ocasek and Adam Schlesinger of Fountains of Wayne, who's kind of oh. Rick Ocasek's like <laughs> his successor, protégé? his protege. Yeah, exactly. I believe this track, It Had to Be You, was an Adam production, but it might have been Rick. You hear the power pop everywhere here. I love this song. Never heard it. Once again, where pop punk and power pop are like uh, co-mingling into something. Totally. That's great. I really like that. That's, um, you know, 
we didn't listen to Fountains of Wayne, but we probably should have. Yeah, I mean, I I sort of the thing about Fountains of Wayne, I waffled because they're really just like an eclectic pop group. Like sure. their best record, Welcome Interstate Managers, is like 14 tracks and 12 different genres. Like they're really just trying everything. They're chameleons. I mean, on Stacy's Mom, you can hear the cars and and like the knack and that kind of late 70s and yeah. then into the 80s stuff. We'll, we'll play a little bit of Stacy's Mom. Stacy's Mom has got it going on. She's all I <laughs> you know, it is what yeah. it is. I love it. I love it for what it is. I wish that I had Jesse's girl. Totally. It's exactly that. Let's talk about the Lonely Forest, because uh, I want to make sure we do, as well as your solo stuff. So your 2010 record, Arrows, the one that Walla produced, um, mm-hmm. we can do Turn Off the Song, Go Outside, or I Am the Love Addict. You tell me what you want to hear. Probably Go Outside is, is the best example of power yeah, pop. Yeah, let's hear on. that. It's just one of my favorite songs of yours, too. So here's Thank Turn you. Off This Song and Go Outside, 2010. I can confidently say that that has not a surf all over it. Yeah. And it <laughs> helps that Chris Walla, you know, he did, we did pre-production for this record up here in Anacortes in the garage where the Lonely Forest had been practicing forever yeah, and only ever practiced there. And I remember him kind of reworking that with us a little bit. And I love it because it has, it has a kind of melodic sweetness to it. You know, I, I hear, like you said, not a surf. I hear the posies bands like that. Um, I don't know if I'd call it jangly. Maybe there is some, there are some clean electrics there. There's some clean electrics. I mean, you're, you're definitely doing at least as much jangle as not a surf does. Sure. Um, not full birds. Let's hear a John Van Dusen song as well. So, um, I think of, uh, steal from myself. I think of universal will to become UWTP, UWTB, and also, uh, you don't know what you're asking of me. Like those are the power pop songs I think of like, where I actually tracked 12 strings I will defer to acoustics. you because I love You Don't Know What You're Asking. So we're going to play that. This is yeah. from your third record, I Am Origami Part 3, A Catacomb Hymn 2019. Love it. Can you humor me? Please, let's go. These are my songs, Dan. Come on. Will you play Steal From Myself? Steal From Myself to me is more power pop in the jangly British invasion, leaning heavily into XTC, Not A Surf, 
Let's do it. All of those bands. Let so me tell me you what I heard though on that song. Like, and what I hear from you in general, I I think I perceive a power pop bass, sort of a base of operations, as well as a base of like a salad <laughs> or a burrito bowl. Like you've got that kind of fundamental <laughs> training, yeah. but you're doing different things with it, and and specifically the kind of the natural angst and unresolved quality of your lyrics. I think go beyond the teenage angst, right. Of that Apple music description of power right. pop. And you're, and maybe that's why a couple times you've talked about songs that you relate to like that buzzcock song that gets more despairing. There's a lot of despair in your songs, which is one of the reasons I love them because I love happy song, sad lyrics. That is basically my yeah. favorite, uh, formula for pop music. And if they can get really existential, even better. Like if we can get deeper and deeper into that, into that sadness and uncertainty, you know, let's, let's do it. So that's, Thank, thanks for saying to that, me. Though. Oh yeah, man. Well, you are, I mean, uh, it's weird to have you on the show saying this and to be real life friends with you, but you are one of my absolute favorite current musical artists. Thank you, Dan. I've gotten old enough that I can do a better job of being friends with people who I think about their <laughs> their work that way. And I have enough of those friends whose stuff I really, really like. I've gotten reps in. But I wouldn't have been able to be friends with you 20 years ago. Let's put it that way. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's you. how much I dig it. Here's still for myself. All it's right. all uh, parentheses. It's all about me. Exclamation point. Close parentheses. Same record. 2019. <laughs> Lots of 12 string. There's a hole in every glass that I drink from now you're gone. Is this how I felt when I sang you that misgiving song? And what I learned is that when I play the feat, I really Yeah, dude. That's power pop. Yep. Love There's it. a lot of um, 12 string Rick. On that record. Yeah. And actually the new record Andy and I just finished up has um, quite a bit of 12 string Rick as well. So I love that. It's got to, you got to make it in somewhere. So. In our remaining couple minutes, I got to, I got to shout out one other local Seattle band currently active. There's a great band here called great grandpa. I actually yeah. was turned on to them by Matt bass player of motion city soundtrack. Oh really? And yeah. And they, they also are a little bit eclectic genre wise. Uh, their vocalist has kind of a cranberries sort of um, lead vocal approach, but their track treat jar, I think is very in the power pop vein. They correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember hearing some like Weezer blue era in them as well. There might be there. The guitars don't tend to get quite as loud and, and fuzzy as that, but yeah, they're a great band. This this record, Four of Arrows, is awesome. Uh, That's a newer one, though, right? 2019, yeah. Okay. And this is Treat Jar. I looked in front of me and saw a quarter in the tip jar Shining like the North Star guiding me My water wings, I saw everybody else start struggling to feel some They're actually kind of combining the Rick Ocasek cars, fountains of Wayne thing with the old jangle For and sure. then some of that nineties reimagining. It's a really cool mix. I feel like the one I was thinking of the Weezer one was teen challenge. 
I think we I think we got to end here at Great Grandpa. Let's play this teen challenge. So this is from their 2017 record, Plastic Cough. I wish I had like five minutes because there are there are actually quite a few uh, Seattle bands that like local bands that like. Have you heard Sea Cat's song "Wrecked"? No, but you know what, Dan. John? Here's what we can do. We're gonna make a playlist. Okay, um, there'll be we'll a, make playlist a playlist for the songs that we listen to today, and we're gonna tack on some of those John Van Dusen picks of Seattle sure. bands are gonna be at the bottom of that playlist. Uh, bands today. Also, there's a Cloud Nothing song from 2016 we didn't get to. That's excellent. That is sort of again that blending of punk and power pop. So there'll be a couple more treats on there. John, thank you so much for joining me today. <laughs> thank you. It's this fun. was a hell of a lot of fun. People yeah, can man. check out uh, the Lonely Forest and the John Van Dusen records anywhere they listen to music. True. What else? I mean, there's a Telephone Friends record, which is the new band I'm in, that will be coming out next year in March. Um, not power pop explicitly but definitely some power pop in there yeah so uh it fits it fits a little bit and um it does it's a cool record i've heard it i really like it thank you dan and then my record my next solo record i guess technically will be a christmas record which i just finished yesterday which i love like with all of my heart i never thought i'd say that about a christmas record but my next actual like rock record does have some power pop on it um will be out probably at the end of next year so sweet lots of new music coming yeah Awesome, man. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. This is a brand new podcast, so please do me a favor and share it with some friends if you enjoyed it. It can also help a lot if you leave a rating or review on whatever podcast platform you use. And feel free, as I said at the beginning, to shoot me an email and let me know what's working, what's not working. This is a brand new show, and I'd love to hear from you. If you happen to work in advertising or if you are a video producer or anything like that, you can also check out my commercial composition library at dancoke.net. That link is in the show notes. All right. See you guys for the next episode.